Welcome to the Accra Community Church Podcast. COVID-19 has turned the world upside down. But is there any hope for us in these dark times? As you listen to God's word today, may it become for you fresh water for your thirsty soul, give you hope to cope, and wisdom to thrive, excel, and become everything God says you are. God bless you as you listen to today's sermon. So we're still on the topic of missions, and this is the third sermon in the series. There's one scripture that you just have to think about whenever you're talking about missions. And every conversation around the Christian mission starts and ends with it. It's the scripture on the Great Commission. We call it the Great Commission because it's the one place where we see Christ give us our mission. And I'd like Nana to read this for us, Matthew 28, 18 to 20. Okay, I'll go ahead and read it. Then Jesus came to them and said, Authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely, I am with you always, to the very end of the age. There are three important aspects of this scripture that I'd like to share. First of all, Christ comes out after he has resurrected, and he says, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. It seems to me that he makes that statement because he wants us to see the gravity of what he's about to say. He wants us to understand the importance and the critical nature of the statement he's about to make. And he wants us to know that it is without doubt a very important thing. And then he also says, go and make disciples of all nations without pointing out who is to go. So he's speaking to all his followers. And then thirdly, he says, and surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. These three things are very critical in this statement because he's telling us what he wants us to do. And then he's also assuring us that he's with us and he's going to give us the strength. All the three sermons, including today's, uh, 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 will find their source in the script, in, 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 in scripture. One, that the mission is critical in the Christian's life. Two, that we are all instructed to participate. It's very important for us to understand that all of us are to do these things. And then, we must, it must also occur wherever we find ourselves. So wherever we find ourselves, we are to embark on the mission. Interestingly, the workplace, Today's workplace in particular, especially now that we all work, men, men, women, husbands, and wives, is where Christians find ourselves most of the time. Doctors, dentists, business people, lawyers, professionals, all kinds of professionals, mostly find themselves at work. At least we're spending about 40 hours at work and spending a bit more time even trying to get there and back. Clearly, the workplace is where we are spending most of our time. And the workplace, same workplace, also provides the Christian's greatest opportunity and greatest audience. I say this because the average Christian spends over 70% of his time at work. And we come into a lot of different people when we are at work. In many cases, we'll meet more people at work than we'll ever meet anywhere else. Especially if you are the kind of person who doesn't like to go out on a regular basis. It means that you're going to meet most people when you're at work. 
And so one of the greatest places to fulfill this Christian mission should be at work. Tonight, I'm going to be talking about how effective we can be in the workplace. But first, let me start with a story to make it easier to make my overriding point. Many years ago, I was, inv I was invited to speak at a fellowship dinner in a certain city. I decided to extend the invitation to someone that I knew, someone I'd done business with, who also lived in that same city. And then he informed me that he was quite familiar with the fellowship that I was inviting him to. In fact, his colleague, one of his workmates, was a member of the same fellowship and had invited him many times in the past. But then he said something that was very interesting. He said he had chosen never to accept any of the previous invitations because of the kind of person that his colleague was. Clearly, there was something in his colleague's behavior that offended him and had pushed him away from attending this meeting. You know, my, my friends, in, in our Christian walk, who we are and what we do must not differ from what we confess as Christians. At the workplace, there'll be very little opportunity to speak to many people about Christ because when you go to work, you've been hired to perform a task. You've not been hired to come and preach. You've not been hired to come and witness. And so all we have is our behavior and how, how, how we carry ourselves. And, and in many respects, that is even far more powerful a tool than whatever we could say with our, with our lips. The truth is that our behavior speaks far louder than whatever we can say. And I repeat, how we behave can speak far louder than whatever we can say. So this goes to show that there are some traits that a Christian must have in order to be able to effectively witness in the workplace. And oftentimes, that's all you would have. What sort of behavioral traits might have changed the story that I shared about this friend of mine? First of all, I think that for starters, love. I'm quite certain that if this guy had love in him, that the other person that I was trying to invite would have testified of that love and would have even attended just on the mere sake that, for the mere fact that the, his friend was a loving person. And what is love? It's sacrificial. It's something you do that suggests that others are more important than you. The second trait that I would like to share is joy. You know, we're in a time of very challenging difficulties. And uh, this is a time that as Christians, we are supposed to exhibit joy. Joy, what is joy? It means delighting in God no matter the situation. Whether we can go out or not, whether we can earn money or not, whether people are ill or not, we must exhibit joy as Christians. The third is peace. Peace is very interesting because it's very easy to be peaceful when there is peace, but when there's turbulence, naturally we are given to react into the turbulence. And God is saying that this is a good character trait, peace. What does it mean? It means resting in God's promises, knowing that God has said his will is for us to prosper, knowing that God has said that he's preparing something for us, knowing that God has said that he would always be with us, in Matthew 28, he says it. He said, I'm with you always. And so once you have that peace, once you have that knowledge, sorry, then you have peace. 
The fourth character trait I'd like to share is forbearance. Forbearance pretty much means patience. Patience and forbearance are, are synonyms. It means remaining calm even during stressful situations. No matter the situation, you just remain calm and you wait. Then kindness is another. Kindness is genuine. There's something about kindness that I've just, I, just, I just understood as I was preparing for this. It is not just generally seeking the well-being of someone else, but it is doing that regardless of who they are. Oftentimes, it's very kind. I mean, it's very easy to be kind to people that we like. If I like you, I'm going to be kind to you. If I don't like you, I am not going to genuinely seek your well-being. That's natural. You know, and so uh, uh, in discovering that kindness must be a character trait of every Christian and trying to understand what that meant and finding out that it meant that it must be regardless of whoever it is. I'm seeing something about how Christ could be described as a kind person. Then there's goodness. Goodness is taking the high road in decency, honesty, virtue, and integrity. The seventh one is steadfastness or faithfulness. It is dependability and fidelity in our relationship with God and others. To be faithful is to be dependable. It's to be dependable to God, not just to God, but to also be dependable to others, the people that you meet in the workplace. So when you tell someone that I will deliver on Friday, then you must deliver on Friday. Then the eighth one is gentleness. Gentleness is allowing God to deal with others instead of you taking matters into your own hands. Oftentimes at the workplace, we will have challenges and we feel like, look, I need to take care of this thing. This guy is, you know, this lady. And, and God is saying that, let him handle it. Just let it go. Let him handle it. Be gentle. And the last one is self-control. The discipline of restraint, no matter the situation. You know, these, these character traits, is, I didn't arrive at these because I went in and I studied and I pulled one from here, two from here, that from here, no. It's actually a prescription. This is a prescription from Galatians. And all these nine traits form what you call the fruit of the Spirit. One fruit, not nine. One fruit. The fruit of the, of the Spirit, according to Galatians 5, 26, it says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us live, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. So what this basically means is that as born-again Christians, we are proven by the evidence of the Spirit that lives in us, and it's a fruit. When we are born again, the Spirit of God comes into us and plants a seed that bears a fruit. In Matthew 7, 16, it says, By their fruit you will recognize them. Once again, it refers to just one fruit, which Paul talks about as the fruit of the Spirit. The question is, why is this fruit important in the workplace? Just in case my story didn't convince you, let me continue. A fruit is a product of a plant. It needs time to grow. 
it's not something that you just become born again and then all of a sudden you've changed and you're all these characters that no no that's not how it's going to happen it's going to it's going to take a a while for it to grow in you and the more this fruit grows the more we take on the attributes of christ and become like him as this fruit of the spirit grows in us we become more like christ and the more we become more like christ something very interesting happens when christ was alive when christ was here on earth Everywhere he went, people followed him. I don't recall that Christ struggled to reach people. It was the other way around. Wherever he was, people just came up to him because they wanted to have more of him. There was something about him. Something about him was attractive. Something about him was light. Something was about him was a solution. And so the more the fruit grows in us, and as we take on the attributes of Christ, we begin to attract people to us. John 12, 46 says, I have come as light into the world so that everyone who believes in me will not remain in darkness. As far as I know, whenever there's a power cut, everybody gets mad. The moment the power comes on, we're all excited. Everyone is seeking light. And the more we attract, the easier we in the workplace will be able to lead them to the way, the truth, the life of Christian discipleship. So the question is, how do we bear the fruit of the Holy Spirit? The answer is also in the scripture that I started with that I wanted not to read, Matthew 28. It's there. In the second part of 20, it says, and surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. This is really good news. It's fantastic news. The fruit of the Spirit is given by God himself. He says, we cannot bear this fruit by our own effort or work. It is a gift from God. John 15, 4, remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. But there's one word of caution. We can either reject or embrace it. We reject it by failing to abide in Christ. John 15, 6 says, if you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers, and such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. And so we embrace it by abiding in Christ. In John 15, 5, he says, I'm the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Once again, connecting what we do to the fruits that we bear. So what exactly does this word abide mean? From the regular dictionary, English dictionary, there are three translations, or three synonyms. One is to accept, or it means to act in accordance with. The second is to tolerate, which I saw to mean that to stop fighting, to stop struggling, to stop sinning, and then remain, which is remaining steadfast in that relationship with Jesus Christ. Abiding in Christ is to be one with him. It therefore means that we immerse ourselves in his word, for Christ is also the word of God. If we want to abide with Christ, we have to necessarily immerse ourselves in his word. And then two, he instructs us to pray without season, and we need to pray. And thirdly, he instructs us to be obedient to his word. And so it's important that we immerse ourselves in his word to find out what he wants that we pray for strength, and that we act in obedience. 
And so at this point in time, I'd like to, I'd like to ask that we launch into a short time of prayer and ask for this fruit of the Spirit, which is characterized by nine attributes for every single one of us, so that when we find ourselves in the workplace, we won't even have to speak, we won't even have to share, but that our attitude and our behavior would be so attractive to whoever meets us from whatever country, from whatever background, that they will want to find out who we are and why we are the way we are. They will see Jesus Christ in us. And when they see Jesus Christ, we won't really have to do much. Let us pray. Our Father, we thank you for your word today. And we thank you that you have given us a mission that you have also provided resources for. And in your word, it says we are to bear fruit. And that without bearing fruit, we can do nothing. So if we are to do, if we are to do anything in these, with the mission that you've given us, then we must necessarily bear your fruit. We also know that your Holy Spirit is in us. But sometimes, through disobedience, through misunderstanding, without surrendering, without submitting, we end up suppressing the growth of this fruit. We come to you in repentance and we say, Father, have mercy upon us and help us submit to your will and ask that your, your spirit will bear fruit in us so that this fruit will be evident to all who come close to us. And we shall not only get part of the fruit, but we'll get all of the fruit as shown in your scriptures. That wherever we find ourselves, people will no longer see us, but they will see you. That everything that we do and how we behave will be so unnatural to ourselves that people will ask us, what happened? How did you become the way you have become? How are you able to do these things? And how are you able to react in such a way? And then we will be able to tell them that there's a way, the way, the truth, and the life, a way of freedom, a way of power, a way of promise, and a way of hope. By the glory of your name, many, many, many will be one, so that you will describe us as you describe your servants of the talents and say that this, this person brought so much back. In Jesus' name, with thanksgiving, we pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you. Thank you so much, Papo. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. That was beautiful. Amen. Uh, so we also allocated 15 minutes for questions. So uh, the, the beautiful thing about that is if anybody has any question, is there's a part that you would want a bit more clarity on, uh, you have opportunity to do that now. Thanks again. Thanks again, uh, Senior Pakushun, for, for the message. Um, I find it very um, compelling, the fact that looking at uh, the Great Commission, where we often think of the likes of, of Billy Graham holding the mics and, and calling many to accept Jesus Christ, uh, not all of us have to be these great evangelists, but all of us in our workplace, in our families, can live in a way that preaches the gospel. And that I find it very uh, encouraging that all of us in some ways can 
bear this gospel and expand this gospel wherever we are. Not even opening our mouth, but living in a way that pleases God to, to be witness and let God work through what we do. Um, this, I find it um, very encouraging because it makes it at the level of each and everyone. And again, like you said, it is for all of the Christians, not just the evangelists. This is the Great Commission for all of us. And through what you described, it shows that all of us could partake this, this calling from God. Thank you. This is, this is John here. Um, Paco, what you're trying to say is that you can just live the nitrates and not open your mouth. <laughs> yeah, so John, you know, it, 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 it might seem as if um, we have to always preach or we always have to evangelize, but uh, we're not talking about growing your Christianity. We're talking about sharing your faith with somebody who doesn't know. That's, that's the mission. The mission is to introduce Christ. Now, uh, as people who introduce anything, we are ambassadors. And um, if when you're an ambassador, you must, you stand in the stead of the person. It's very important to understand that. So we must be like Christ when we are talking about him. It, it, I cannot be somebody who is engaged in all manner of behavioral problems and then try to introduce somebody to Christ. Because the person is going to say, but if, why should I, why should I listen to you? Why should I follow this Christ if you are the, the way that you are? In, in, on the other hand, when we, when we exhibit these attributes, when we really bear the fruit of Christ, what will happen is that people will come to us and they will ask, why were you, this thing happened here in this office. We saw how it played out. Everybody was angry, but you were very different. You were very calm. You were very, you, you, you handled it very, very maturely. They will want to know what you're consisted of. And at that point, you have an excellent opportunity to tell them where you get your strength from. I hope, I hope that answers your question. Uh, uh, so I would ask Brahima to please go ahead with your question or contribution. While, while Brahima is uh, trying to unmute his mic, let me also say that this is not to say that we cannot share Christ. You know, no, no, that's not what I'm saying. But I'm, all I'm saying is that if you listen to my story, um, this guy had been trying to invite a friend of his to a Christian meeting for a long time. And the guy just said, there's no way I'm going to listen. To, I'm going to accept this guy's invitation because his behavior is not consistent with what he's trying to invite me to. And clearly we also see from, you know, the scripture that there is something that tells anyone who we are, you know, and it's not just because we say we are Christian, but by their fruits, they shall be known. It's very important that we, 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 we pray for the fruit of the Spirit because it makes us different people. And once we are different, people gravitate to us. And at that point, when you're sharing, they listen. Amen. Amen. Uh, I think that, uh, so uh, for those of us who have had, who have worked in the, what they call the marketplace, uh, in Ghana, in Ghana, every single day, there'll be a test of your faith. Because there is so much that is wrong, that is accepted and normal, 
that if you really want to live for Christ and you want to bear the fruit of the Spirit, you'd have daily confrontations, you know, from people reading their Bibles instead of working, praying instead of working, uh, not being faithful with the you know, timelines, being unreliable with deadlines, to the little envelopes they keep passing around here and there for different reasons and, and all that. And I remember years ago, I joined a company and when I went in and I don't remember whether it was at the interview or when I joined, but I, I, they found out I was Christian. I said, I'm Christian. They said, don't worry. They all come here as Christians and then we convert them. <laughs> you know? so, but by God, so by God's grace, uh, when I was leaving, there was still no doubt that I was a Christian and I had been Christian all the time I was there. Amen. Amen. And, uh, and I thank God for, for that grace. You know? uh, growing up in the, I grew up in the charismatic movement, even though I was born Catholic, raised Methodist. It was in the charismatic movement that my faith was. And I have to be very honest that uh, character, you know, solid Christian character was not something we, we were taught. There, were, there weren't great examples of solid Christian character, at least when I was growing up in church. There was a lot of emphasis on power, casting out demons, walking in authority, naming it and claiming it and achieving a lot of things by faith, but character didn't often come up. So, and, and that's why I find this a, a very uh, filling and, and a big blessing that the way you, you linked preach, we preaching the gospel and then making us aware that bearing the fruits of the spirit is a crucial ingredient in we effectively being able to be witnesses and sharing the gospel that without the fruit of the Spirit, we are not going to do a good job of it. Uh, I don't know if there's any more questions. Brahma, are you back? You know, Nana, the, the, uh, the scripture also says that uh, Christ will one day look at us and he will say, uh, I don't know you. And people will say, oh, but we healed in your name, we cast demons. And you still say, I don't know you. And it's the same Christ who says that it's by their fruit they shall be known. You know, so it's important to understand that the fruit is critical, you know. And so when we claim Christianity, then, and, and over time, we haven't seen that we are changing in the fruit that we are bearing. Then we need to ask ourselves, what are we doing wrong? And I'm also saying from scriptures that it's not something that we are able to do by ourselves. So it's not one of those things that I can say, I'm going to exercise my mind in such a way that I'm going to be peaceful. I'm going to try so hard that I'm going to be full of joy. It's freely given. You know, it's, it's something that grace provides for us. And so it's something that we pray for and we pray for to each other. We pray on behalf of each other for that God help us, you know, to bear that fruit. And once we submit ourselves to the Holy Spirit, I have no doubt that he will change us. Amen. And that begin to now glorify we begin to glorify God by becoming more like him. And as we become more like him, then witnessing at the workplace becomes a little easier. Amen. Amen. Uh, I think we can take a final question. Pastor, could you ask a contribution? Okay. Hi, John. Are you, are you reading my mind or something? <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, I'd like to say thank you very much to Paco for this really powerful word. And I think Nana has summed it all so well. 
maybe if I've out anything, I'll just say that he's bothered also the fact that many of us often see evangelism as an event, a one-time thing. We just go and share the gospel with someone, but actually, it's more of a process, and it starts with the people seeing something of God in us, like He's helped us see. And if you watch Jesus' ministry, he never went directly to preach to anybody, come and follow me, you know, this is this, I am the, no. He would always start off getting to know you, coming by your side, often meeting a need, a healing or something. He sympathizes with you, he wins your confidence, and then he introduces himself to you. So thank you for this word. I think we'll all be very much helped by it. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor Joe. All right. So if in, anybody has a, a final, final, final question. Or forever hold your peace. I think at this point, I'll hand over to Sister Susu to lead us in prayer. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you. Thank you for using your servant to bring us this word, Lord. There's so much that we have to do, we know. And sometimes it's overwhelming to look at the bigger picture. But also we know that you've given us the means. You've taught us with your word today. We know we have to immerse in the word. We know we have to constantly be praying without ceasing. And we know that we have to be obedient in all things according to your word. Help us, Lord in the areas that we struggle with, to be fruit bearers. Help us to know love in the magnitude that we should know it, the sacrificial kind of love, not the love of just the people that love us, because the Bible says, of what use is it if you love only those who love you? Help us to also exhibit joy, Lord, and peace wherever we are at any time. Help us, Father, with our patience. Help us to be kind to everybody. Help us, Father, with goodness. Help us with faithfulness. Help us with gentleness, Lord. Teach us discipline, Lord, in all things. Help us to tap our strength from you, most importantly, Lord. We really can't walk this walk without you. In every area that we struggle today, we're asking, Holy Spirit, that you pinpoint those areas to us individually, that we can start to work on ourselves, but with your help, Lord. During these times, it's, it's just a time of learning, restructuring, and getting back on track as Christians. Because when the final ban is over and we have to go out there we then should be exhibiting the fruit of the spirit for the measure of what we've learned what we've studied how much time we've spent with you lord may it be evident to our family members first and the people that we're still interacting with on a daily basis before we're able to go out but in our deepest moments lord today we just ask that you pinpoint the areas we need to work on some days we're stronger some days we're not so strong but today we commit our lives before you and we say lord have your way teach us teach us to be fruit bearers the kind of fruit that remains the kind of fruit that somebody can stand somewhere and say 10 years ago the lifestyle of such and such a person impacted me and i'm a christian i'm a believer in christ because of that we can't do it without you lord so we ask that you have your way in our life this we pray with thanksgiving giving you all the glory and thanking you for our brother papi's life in jesus name amen amen Thank you for listening to today's sermon. If it blessed you, share it with a friend. For more information on how to fellowship with Accra Community Church on Zoom, visit our website, www.accrachurch.org. God bless you.